Hi, Sam. Hi, Lauren. Are you ready to talk about kinky boots? I am, because after all, we are the watchers of movies. Hello. Hello. What's up? Not much. Not much at all. It is Friday night. I have to tell you something. So usually the last couple weeks, I have been celebrating this new Friday night tradition that I do, and it's called Friday Coffee Night. (laughs) Um, I have been drinking a little cup of coffee when I get home from work on Fridays. It's so so naughty. Um, (laughs) I just because I'm I'm like, well, I'm going to be up late. Uh, like natu- I love that. You're, you're so cute it's so naughty <laughs> <laughs> and so I figure since I'm going to be up late I might as well indulge yeah in a cup of coffee with my dinner and so okay. but I'm not doing coffee Friday Friday coffee night this Friday because we're recording so I'm having some mint tea instead oh I actually have tea too oh I tea too well- Two it's tea, 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 tea? Iced tea. Iced, iced? tea. It's like a, yeah, iced, iced tea mm. Um, mm. with no ice in it. So it's really just cold. It's like medium coldish tea. <laughs> um, and it's like raspberry, I think. Oh, is it raspberry? It's raspberry. Ooh. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Look at so us. Naughty. <laughs> <laughs> you got to treat yourself. You know, it's all about self care. It is all about self-care. That's what I always say. You do always say that. I do. I yeah. A lot. Yeah. Well, how was your week? Are you feeling like good about your week or what's up? Um, this week was, it was kind of a, it was rainy a lot and yeah. I don't mind the rain, but at the same time, it was not just rainy. It was super rainy. Yes. And the windows at work, because I'm working in the office, the windows that worked were all rain spattered, which makes it hard to look outside. And there's this mama deer and tiny baby deer that have been walking around outside, and they're so cute to watch. And yesterday during the rainstorm, I saw the mama, but I couldn't tell if the baby was with her or not because she was laying <laughs> no. down in tall grass. And I was like, I need a squeegee for these windows. I want to see if the baby is out there. And today I didn't see them all, but it's been so rainy that I can only imagine they're probably floating somewhere. Not dead. I didn't mean that in a minute. (laughs) It's, it's been crazy. It's a little bit dreary and it's very moist. Like the world is so moist. I have, I had a piece of paper laying on a table in my apartment and like part of the paper was sort of hanging off the table and it's so moist that the, the paper was like bending around the table. You know what I mean? Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's really humid because uh, it's moist. <laughs> moist. It's very That's moist. Yeah. It is humid. Yeah. It's not humid. If you ask, if you ask the Google, if it's humid out, they'll just say, no, it's moist. It's moist. <laughs> How was your week? It was okay. Um, I missed Monday because I have a delightful medical condition called IBS and I don't mind sharing because it's whatever. And I just was miserable and I like didn't get enough sleep the night before. And so I took the day off. 
I would have not liked to take the day off because of it, but it's also kind of like, what are you going to do? Just like be half dead all day and like fucking like miserable. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. And it was just slow. It was like a slow week, but I really love the rain, actually. Have to say, big fan of the rain. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, nice to sleep and nap and get cuddly when when it's raining. Uh, And it is novel to like go out with an umbrella and just kind of take a little walk. Yep. 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 And everything's so green. Today it was raining so much. It was so, it was like raining hard all day. It hasn't rained like that in a long time. It was, yeah. And then yesterday was the same. It was like, it was crazy. It was like, yeah. what is happening? I thought it was like the end of the world for a second. I was a little, I was a little scared there. But you know what? If we survive 2020, we can survive two days of rain. I believe in us. I do too. Yeah. Anyway, do you want to talk about our mini topic? <laughs> I don't really have anything. You said you were going to talk to me about a, a movie that you watched or something yes so i've been dying to tell you about this movie because it was so bizarre so it's called come true and it's like a film about a it's a film about a woman who is having recurring dreams and she decides to join a sleep study and she's like she's like a teenager so um and at first you see her and she's homeless, but it, like, she's, she, like, her, she's, like, actually not homeless at all, I guess. Like, like, her mom is still, whatever. That's not really important. So, anyway, so she joins a sleep study and it's, like, unlike anything that, like, any normal sleep study would be. And, of course, she's, like, well, what are you doing this for? And they're, like, oh, we can't tell you. And I was, like, okay. So, they, like, put her in this, like, full body outfit that like that um like I guess watches over her vitals and stuff like that and a helmet like a soft helmet so it can watch over her brain and her brain waves and they start like they they, like show these like it's a bunch of people that are in the study and they show these people's like dreams like in a like a screen like on a screen that these like these you know, science people are watching, right? So, okay. So anyway, I'm trying to like explain to you the whole thing. They have like a projector that projects their dreams. They get to watch like movies all day. No, no, it's like, um, it's like a very, like the dreams are, you can't really tell what's like happening. It's very vague. You can mostly see like shapes. So when you see the actual dream, and this is what I thought was so cool about this movie was that this dream, like, each dream that you see is, like, first of all, it's really dark, so you're kind of, like, not even sure what you're looking at, but you know it's something that, like, you're not, you don't like, you know what I mean? Like, there's some scenes where, and it's, like, it's, like, as if, as if someone was walking through a giant long hallway, and they're going through all these different doors, and some of the rooms have these, what looks like these, like, contorted bodies, like, hanging from the wall, like, by their arms and legs, and it's a little disturbing. Like, it wasn't a scary film. It was more like a thriller. And so the people doing the study, they show her a photograph of this thing that she saw, like, at the end of her dream. And she has, like, a seizure. And she has, like, like a panic attack slash seizure over it. And um, 
it's just like a sh- like a figure of like a man. And so <clears throat> what is going on is that so she's like she's trying to like kind of just like live her life, you know? And this guy starts following her. And he there's like one scene where he's talking to her in the library and you don't see his face but you can like hear him and he's like oh I read that book that you're holding it's really good you know and (laughs) so they show the guy and I was like oh my god it's Daniel Radcliffe but then I was like wait because you know I'm like really good with voices you know so I I recognize Daniel Radcliffe's voice even with an American accent you know it's very familiar and I was like, that's not him, but it looked just like him. So the entire movie, I was like, who's this Harry Potter looking motherfucker, you know? And he was actually pretty cute. His name is, the actor's name is Landon LeBeau Iron or something like that. I've, n- I've never seen him in anything else. But he's like definitely following this girl. So she ends up leaving the sleep study. She's freaking out. She thinks she's like seeing the shadow figure everywhere and it's wait was he following her before she went to the sleep study or no no after After? yeah because he works there okay yeah so he works at the sleep study did she go to the sleep study multiple times yeah it's like for two months but she's only she's there for maybe like five days or something so she sounds like a real quitter (laughs) so well she's getting really freaked out and like there's one scene what (laughs) no there's there's all these people who are in this sleep study and the thing that they say is at the end of the dream everyone always sees these shadow figures so you're like okay this is kind of weird and why were they chosen to be in the sleep study was it random no they signed up for it but i mean like did they randomly sign up for it or did were they asked okay yeah but all these people have the same shadow figures in their dreams even though they're not actually connected yeah yeah already sounds suspicious right but i have to say that the way that it was done was so subtle and it wasn't like scary there was no jump scares it was just creepy and i really liked that and i really liked how the dream sequences were done and they reminded me a lot of the cell i don't know if you ever saw that one with jennifer lopez and i don't think so um I love that movie. I think it's fantastic, but it's creepy. Like, it's not like a happy film or anything like that. It's definitely like unsettling. And anyway, so this girl like is, she like leaves and this dude follows after her and they end up um, like, he ends up like taking her to his house because I think she gets injured or something like that. What? So she gets injured. She like, she like faints or she gets knocked down. So he takes her to his house. And he just like bandages her up, right? And he leaves her like on a, on a. So would she like pass out over a set of stairs or something? Um, she needed a bandage from passing out. No, I can't remember what it is because now it's been like a couple of days since I've seen it. So, so anyway, so I'm just gonna say because there's <laughs> this isn't really what's important. What's important is so he takes her to his house and they are like she finds him he's also doing like the sleep study but like on his own so he has a machine where like all of his dreams are being recorded and he's like strapped to the bed for whatever reason he straps himself to a bed yeah yeah wow so she's watching on this can he just unstrap himself he can but he's sleeping so I'm assuming not in in the dream, not in the sleep. Sure, I right. guess. I don't know. So, 
<laughs> right. So, so she's watching this dream that he's having and he's like dreaming about her and like him together. And like she's having like, sex. Yeah. Like she's oh. like into it. She's kind of like, okay. All right. She's <laughs> into like, it in the dream or she's into watching. The no, dream. she's into like watching like oh, him okay. and he ends up like seeing the shadow figure. And so she goes to wake him up. And the shadow figure was watching them have sex. No, no, like no, it's because it's a the dream. shadow figure was having sex with them. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, I'm just trying to clarify. Right, no, like it's it's like a it's a dream. So it's a, there's like a bunch of different things that are happening. You know what I mean? It's not like it's not like a like a story. It doesn't flow. It's very you know disjointed. It's a dream. So. She ends up waking him up and they're later, like, I think they go out to dinner and she tells him, she's like, I saw your dream. I know that you dreamt about me and they're talking and this is maybe one of the biggest issues that I had because I thought that the way it was done was really creepy, but she like tells him her age in a way that is very much like the person who wrote this telling the audience that she's of age (laughs) oh okay right because in the next scene they're having sex (laughs) and it is the most over-the-top romantic sex scene like i was telling i i texted some of my friends and i said there was an unreasonable amount of thrusting in that scene and my friend goes unreasonable amount of thrusting that's my band name So she ends up like passing out midway through this because she sees the shadow figure. Ah, so right. the shadow figure is interested in them right. having sex. Well, <laughs> so he takes her to the hospital and she leaves. Like she just fucking leaves. And he's following her. And so she's sleepwalking. And they end oh, up. Oh, I hate sleepwalking so, tropes. So he like, they like hook her up to this machine and they're watching her dream as they're walking. And they're walking for like miles and miles. And they end up in the middle of like this dirt road, like no lights. It's like super spooky in the middle of nowhere. And um, she hasn't woken up. No, she hasn't woken up. Ugh. Her like phone rings. And and it wakes her out of the dream, right? So, uh, so she wakes out of the dream, and it's like right before she was about to go into this building that they think will like make her so she won't ever wake up again or something like that. Like what? in the dream? In the, oh, not in real life. Yeah, not in real life. So like they're still in the middle of nowhere. They're like literally in the middle of like a forest. And <clears throat> how much up- explanation are they giving during this thing? Like. So they're following her and they're watching her walk into a building and they say, if she goes into this dream building, she's never going to wake up again. How do they know that? They don't. That like, okay, just listen. So there's more to the story. Okay. So she wakes up, they head back home. And as they're walking through this forest, like this dirt road, all these like eyes start lighting up and like the, the shadows. And it's like, super. is this a Berenstein bear book? <laughs> so they're walking and the two people that are with her because there's the guy and then there's like the woman that he works with who brought the portable stuff to him so that they could report her grains <laughs> right so they like get like sucked away or they disappear and so she's alone in real in life the in, in the in the movie 
Um, but I mean, well, I mean, I know that not like our well, like just, real life, but I mean, like, are they in the dream or in the like? They're they in get sucked away real in life. They're in real life, but you're gonna understand okay. why I use quotes when I explain further. So she's standing alone in this forest with just like the light of her phone and like all these like eyes lighting up all over, and then she wakes up, and she has. She's still having sex with this dude, but she oh, has. This is like an Owl Creek Bridge situation. Um, kind of. So I well, I don't know what that means. So, <laughs> so she has gouged his eyes out with her thumbs, right? And she goes into the bathroom. She sounds like a terrible sexual partner. <laughs> she goes in the bathroom, and earlier, and when she was watching his dream. They had like fake, like little fun, like vampire fangs on, like they were like Halloween costume. And she is looking in the mirror and she gets an alert on her phone. And so she looks at it and then you don't see it right away. And she looks in the mirror and she has these fangs and she starts laughing, like covered in blood. And on the phone, and I've seen this like on Tumblr and like, and like Pinterest and stuff, this particular picture. And it says, Hello, you have been in a coma for 20 years and we are trying a new technique to get to get you to get to you. We don't know where this is going to end up. Please wake up. So the entire thing was her in a coma and she's just like having this crazy like fever coma dream when they were having sex and she gouged his eyes out. Was he on top? No, he was on the bottom. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, because <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, like if someone's starting to gouge your eyes out, you're like, I have to do this. Let's th- thrust, 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 thrust. <laughs> anyway. Well, you're really in it, I guess. It oh, was, so, okay. <laughs> Owl Creek Bridge is a, a like a short story where a man is getting hung for crimes, like, and in the span of the time from the floor dropping out to his neck breaking, he has this elaborate dream oh. of like the, the rope breaks and he swims to the shore because it's over a river like it's off of a bridge and he swims to shore and he like meets a woman and they get married and they have this beautiful life but it was all just a dream while he was falling so that's oh. I think the title is called Incident at Owl Creek Bridge hmm. it's been a long time I mean like I think I think I read that story in like junior high or high school so it's been a long time so Forgive me, listeners, if you know it and I got some of the details wrong, but the gist of it is like like right. an elaborate dream in, in the span of like three seconds, you know. So she was in yeah, a coma so no, the hers, whole time. So she is in a coma the whole time. And I have to say that I kind of like went back and forth on whether or not I liked this movie, but I think I really did like it because it was one of the more like subtle, subtler, subtle subtle is subtler so i think you subtle get? subtle still works one of the more <laughs> subtle okay yeah it was one of the more <laughs> subtle like i wouldn't i just wouldn't call it a horror movie but i guess i would put it under that category you like know a what I mean? psychological thriller almost right right yeah. it was one of the better ones that i've done i've seen where hmm. there's so much subtlety in the film and it puts you on edge but not in a way where it's bad, you know, it's not like the conjuring. Okay. Cause I hate the conjuring. Um, you know, I didn't turn the third conjuring off after 20 minutes because it was good. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, um, 
And the dream sequences were really clever and creative. And I like didn't know anyone in this movie at all, which I liked. And I wouldn't say that the girl, the lead was like a particularly like fantastic actress, but she was good enough where I felt like I was involved within the story. So I just, I, I needed to talk to someone about it because I was like dying. And And she woke up at the end, like woke up, woke up. No, but she's like, so the whole, so I had to actually look up the ending because I was like, what the fuck did I just fucking watch? You know what I mean? And someone, I read this article that person, that this person wrote, of course, I don't know who wrote it. So I'm so sorry. But basically they explain like, she's now becoming aware that she's in a coma where she wasn't before. So like the reason that she was laughing when she saw the vampire teeth was because she was like, oh, I'm actually like in a dream seat or I'm like in a, in a coma. So I need to wake up. So I thought that that was clever that someone took a picture they saw from the internet and then like made a whole story around it. And I kind of love that shit, you know? Oh, so the picture isn't just like a picture from the movie. Like somebody saw that picture. No, and made like the movie? I've seen this way before this movie ever came out. Like I've seen this several times. I could probably find it like within hmm. 20 seconds if you wanted me to. So yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It was like an internet meme or something that someone made a movie out of. And I was like, that is kind of neat. So it it was just an interesting, weird, bizarre film. And I have to say that I like despite the over-the-top sex scene with an unreasonable amount of thrusting. Thrusting and eye gouging. Eye gouging, yeah. Yeah. You never see the eye gouging. You just see her waking up with her thumbs in his eyes. Ugh. Yeah. That's gross. Um, but yeah, like it, it was it, it, so anyway. Couldn't um, he like push her off of him? I mean, I I think that's the whole point is that it's a dream yeah, or it's a coma. Right. So it is she, interesting like knowing that the whole thing was a dream and like thinking about the weird things that happened. Yeah. And how like I think I think Leonardo DiCaprio said in Inception you don't think things in a dream are weird in the dream like when they're happening yeah. they're normal you don't think it's weird until after you wake up and you start thinking about it. So I guess that is sounds creative like now that I know the secret like the weird things that were happening do seem kind of dreamlike, you know, where you accept it as you're watching the movie. Yeah. 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 And I have to say, I have, I, and I've talked to Sam about this before, but I have like a pretty, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure I have ADHD. I'm pretty sure I have adult ADHD because I have like very low attention span. So this movie kept me captivated the entire movie. Like I was like having a hard time looking away. You know what I mean? So yeah, Yeah, come true. That's what it's called. It's on Hulu. I would check it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Sorry about the spoilers, but we're not a spoiler-free crap podcast. So I'm <laughs> Whatever. <you> Whatever. <laughs> I'll just mention it in the captions, you know, and then people will go, you know, they want to listen or they want to just skip forward. They can do that too, right? It's all up to them, really. It's it is. Yeah. It's it's a whole new world out there. A whole new world. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about how I feel about that song? about a whole new world yeah so i was about 20 and i got into a really bad car accident and i totaled my car 
I was on the highway and I hit a semi and like the middle median part and I was listening to a whole new world and now that song cannot be played in my car. It is like, nope, nope. Yeah, like that is like I like it may like it may be stupid, maybe superstitious. I don't care. That song will never be played in my car ever again, because I have just such bad like. No, I get, I get like, it. I totally get it. Listening to it, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, I have things like that. Not quite that severe, but I have things that have happened, and there are like unfortunate side effects when something weird happens or something bad happens the media that's a part of it just you know it's like collateral damage almost yeah yep yep interesting so mm -hmm. well i'm glad you're okay walked away with kind of like an injured finger that i still is kind of like doesn't really have a lot of um like i can't open jars with it and stuff like when I'm when I open a jar, I usually use your whole hand. I just use my my three fingers and not my middle my my index finger. Oh wow! I had a really nasty bruise across my chest, but other than that, my car was total and I walked away totally fine. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. It was fucking scary. It took me a long time to like get comfortable driving on the highway again, especially next to semis. That was like yeah. that was a several year process where I was like. I, I mean, yeah. I still won't drive. Did it next. come over into your lane or something? Nope. I hit black ice. It was the middle of winter. Oh, geez. Yep. Hit black ice. I was going about 70. Hit black ice. Hit the median. And I, like, the car didn't roll over, but it spun. It was a sedan. Um, and it hit the semi. And the guy, like, in the semi was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm totally fine. You know, it's like one, you know, like, tire that's like, you know, um, popped or whatever. Meanwhile, I was literally like, like having a meltdown and I called my mom like 15 times. <laughs> I was like, I was in a, a car and she couldn't, she couldn't get to me because she was at work. And so she called her best friend and she's like, will you go pick up my daughter? And her best friend was like, oh my God, of course. And so now I'm always like, she was just my rock that day. Janet, I love you, Janet. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, that's yeah. so scary. Yeah, yeah. And that was in Detroit? Mm-hmm. Man, scary, yeah. scary. It's coming home from school. Yep. Anyway, do you want to talk about the movie? Sure. Let's so, do it. What did you think of the movie? I liked it a lot. It's so cute. It's, okay, good. It's, it's I'm a so really fun, a really fun, cute movie. I really liked it. I can't believe I've never watched it before. I do have to tell one story though. Um, this is sort of a weird, um, it's a it's a weird story that's connected to Kinky Boots, and I feel like I have to tell it. Um, so three years ago, okay, when I got hired in my new current position, uh, the training class was like I don't know, sixteen people, maybe 12, 16 people, and there was a man in the class, and he was maybe like in his early 50s, mid 50s. And some days at the end of training, we would play like a trivia game, like the last 10 minutes, just as like a, a mental mind rest or whatever. And we were playing this trivia game. It was Trivial Pursuit. And we would break off into teams. And one of the trainers would ask us questions and you know how it works. And this man, his name is Larry. 
he was really into like theater and things of that nature and he left the room to go to the bathroom while we were playing and the question came to his team and it was a question about theater about a production and nobody on his team knew it and mike was on that team and uh they were like they we they had a certain time limit and they were talking amongst, amongst themselves and nobody knew it and the time was winding down and larry comes back in the room after his bathroom break and he just sort of moseys in and somebody on the team was like larry and she read the question to him and he said kinky boots and they ended up getting the point because the answer was kinky boots and larry actually passed away last year so oh, it's like kinky oh, boots no. i always have this like i mean like I didn't know him very well. I knew him from training, you know, we worked together, but my memory of him is like always tied to kinky boots now. And so like Mike and I sometimes will like talk about how funny it was that he just like came in the room and saved the team and like with the answer kinky boots. So I love it. That's his memorial. That's how I can memorialize him, I guess, you know, I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Well, I'm really glad you liked this movie because I was nervous watching it. I was like, I don't understand how anyone couldn't like this movie. It's so fucking cute. And I have, um, so I think I told you that I've, I've like, I mean, we've talked about this a bunch of times before where I've like struggled with my own sexuality and like saying, I'm like, you know, I'm not really heterosexual, but I'm not bisexual. So I recently came out as queer and as I was watching this movie, I was like really becoming very awareness of like said queerness because I'm really attracted to Chiodel for when he is in drag. Like, wow. Like I, like every time he came on screen, I'd be like, oh my Lord, <laughs> you know? And you know when I'm like, attracted to someone I like suddenly become like an old southern woman I'm like I'm like oh my sweet baby Jesus good lord <laughs> like so every time he came to the screen I was like oh my god <laughs> but I also realized that like that is not something that is new like that is not new information to me I've always kind of been not and it's not necessarily like something that I want long term like I don't necessarily want to be with a drag queen but I am attracted to men when they dress up and drag yeah i realize that or wear makeup yeah so it's just interesting to kind of learn this about myself and like as you know through my own experience through you know uh, my own sexuality and i'm pretty open about it because it's like why not you know but it's also like fun because I'm learning new stuff about myself. So I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. You know what I mean? So I'm kind of like, Hey girl, see what you like, (laughs) you know? And it's, yeah, it's, it's good. It's good. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah. But I have to say, so this is the first, I would not count love actually as the first movie that I ever saw him in because I don't even remember his name in that movie and I never remember it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember it either. Yeah. Right. And, um, but this is the first movie I ever saw him in where he was like an actual like lead character. And I like just have been a fan ever since, you know? Yeah. I think yeah. He was fantastic. really, really good. Really, really good in this movie. This is probably the movie. I, I, think that this is the best Joel Edgerton performance I've ever seen 
I think. I really did. You see, um, did you see Bright? It's with Will Smith. I did not. I really liked Bright. I really liked him in that. Oh, I guess he was in the movie um, The Gift, which I actually really liked with Jason Bateman. I thought oh, yeah. it was actually a pretty good movie. But I, I really liked him in this movie as Charlie. Uh, I thought he did a, a swell job. and I, He was like a baby tell- in it. He was like 31 in this oh, movie. Oh, really? Yeah. She would tell you four was amazing as well. Like, I think both of them in their own way stole the show and i think that's hard to do if you have two very powerful performances but i think the fact that their performances were so different that it was really that's why it was so good yeah i agree um i like joel edgerton i wouldn't say i'm like the biggest fan but i definitely like of his movies that i've seen i've enjoyed his performance in each one even if i didn't necessarily like the film like he was in this movie called It Comes at Night. And I had a lot of hopes for that movie. And then I watched it and I was like, this is kind of boring. Like it was it had it had a lot of promise and it had a lot of promise to be kind of spooky, but it just wasn't, it just didn't, it just didn't do it, you know? Yeah. Um however, him and Bright, so he plays an orc in that, so you can't even tell that it's him, but he plays like a sarcastic almost naive kind of character i loved his character in that his character's name was nick and i just like fell in love with nick like i thought nick was great and i i know a lot of people haven't have said that they have not liked that movie but i've seen it like probably i would say at least five times at least five times because i really like bright Hmm. i thought it was clever i thought it was interesting i thought it had a very like emotional component to it which i really appreciate and i would totally recommend that movie especially if you like urban fantasy because it's like and if you like will smith I and mean, you can't go wrong with will smith um so yeah that's on netflix netflix original mm-hmm. yeah i've heard of it but i've never watched it <laughs> oh man i there is this one scene uh numi rapace is in it she's awesome and she there's this one scene between her and like the um, this one character, it's like her sister, and her sister is like begging her to kill her, and it's super intense. And like, it's it's just I really really liked that movie. I really liked it. Um, so yeah. Anyway, that's my experience with Joel Edgerton. I like how he came into the idea sort of reluctantly but not reluctantly at the same time, but I didn't care for how ashamed of yeah. Simon slash Lola he was. Like, I kind of wanted to have more of a backbone. Like, I understand being uncomfortable, but at first, because this is something totally foreign to you, you know? Right, like He right. hadn't encountered a drag queen before, let alone befriended a drag queen, it seemed, and, and in North England, where northern england where this is really uncommon like i understand being a little uncomfortable at first but i kind of was angry and i think i know you're supposed to be angry but i thought it was too heavy-handed that he would be so ashamed of of simon for so long and or lola yeah you know yeah um i'm gonna refer to her as lola and by her pronouns pronouns because i just feel like that's appropriate for the character you know 
Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't like that Charlie was so ashamed of Lola either, like, because she's such a force of nature, you know what I mean? And she's just this, like, powerful, strong individual and is not ashamed of what she does. She loves what she does. She loves, you know, wearing dresses and, and, and you know, dressing up and looking fabulous. And I, I it bothered me too. Like, it was like, I was kind of like, what, 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 like, year is this? You know what I mean? Like, what, come on. Like, let's, it's the 21st century. All right, everyone. And um, I do have to say that I, I liked the developing relationship between Don and Lola. And that he kind of has like a paradigm shift as, as so far as how he feels about her. Because he is a creep, like in the beginning. And you can see how he, you can see just little moments like with how he's interacting with his other female coworkers, like that he's kind of creepy too. Like he's just like, like I think he like pulls one of their ponytails at one point, stuff like that. And it's like, all right, you know, we're not in like elementary school anymore. You need to stop doing that behavior because you're not 10. So, <laughs> you know, um, but I, I liked the, that, like the dad of Charlie was so, um, he really loved what he did, you know, like his whole life was just his passion for these shoes. And while Charlie clearly didn't really have that quite that same passion, I think that just with the sudden death of his father that he felt obligated to like continue on. So I have a question for you. How did you feel about Nicola? his his fiance like from the beginning how did you feel about her for the most part i actually empathized with nicola i didn't mind her until i didn't really care for the fact that she apparently at the end was maybe gonna cheat on charlie but yeah up until that point i actually felt a lot of empathy and sympathy for her because she presumably fell in love with Charlie and he told her, we don't get to see any of this because this all happens before the movie, but he was fine moving away from uh, Northern England mm -hmm. and moving to London with her and not being in the shoe business. He was fine with that. He told her he would. They moved in together and she was very excited because I assume that that area of England is pretty boring and she wanted to go someplace exciting and they were going to get married and they had this plan and then i mean i feel bad for him he reminded me of like george bailey in it's a wonderful life like they get this brand new apartment in london and she's singing this cute little song about how it's not northern england and there's no shoes anywhere and then he gets a call that his dad died it's like as soon as something good happens to him his dad dies yeah so yep. i thought that was i mean it was sad obviously because his dad died but it was also like sad movie timing um and so then they had to move back to northern england and they took over this failing shoe factory and so she had these dreams and plans and then they were all just put on hold and it seemed like he never asked her if she was okay right. putting her dreams and plans on hold and then in the middle of the movie you find out that they might not even have enough money for a, a nice wedding that she was right. planning on and 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 then Later, she finds a way for them to get back their dreams by selling the factory for like hip real estate apartments and he won't do it. And I just, I think, I think a lot of the blame is on him. Like he 
took he brought her into this lifestyle that they never discussed and um so i really empathize with her and i kind of wish i wish she wasn't in the movie because i actually thought the love story between him and lauren was really cute and sweet yeah and slow moving and a really good movie love story but it's it's muddied by nicola and and it's muddied in the fact that i i don't think nicola is a bad person i feel kind of sad for her i think she made a bad decision by possibly cheating on her on charlie with the real estate agent but that was at the end of the movie that wasn't right you know, i mean their relationship was really like it was right it was, it was towards the end yeah. pretty much over yeah so yeah. but but really i i i kind of i i wish like i said i wish that nicola was just not in the story so it could be yeah, just a more simple out. yeah because yeah, yeah i'm i mean you could have had him wanting to leave northampton and go to london on his own and then his father dies and then he feels obligated and then nicola's never part of the picture um but i totally agree with you i feel the same way about her like i wouldn't say that i love her but i definitely like empathize with her because if I was in that situation and let's say like, like I'm a city girl, I need to be in like the, like the suburbs of a city. I would prefer to be in the suburbs. I don't really want to be like in the city. That's a lot for me, but I would never live in the country. I would never live in a rural area. It's like someone going like, Hey, we're going to move out of this rural area to the city. And then being like, just kidding. We're not. And I'm like, well, I don't want to fucking, you know, feed the fucking cows every day, Charlie. So let's fucking leave. You know what I mean? So, um, and I could, I can totally, um, yeah, like I definitely understand where she's coming from because as you said, he really doesn't ever, you know, pull her aside and be like, listen, Nicola, this is what I want to do. What do you want? You know? Yeah. And, and I can understand too that he maybe just, just didn't even think of it because he's dealing with the grief of losing his dad. And then all of a sudden, like he's finding out that his there's a real possibility that his, um, you know, the shoe factory is not going to be in business anymore and then they're not really making money. But I can also understand his obligation because these are people that he grew up with for his whole life. And so they're like, like kind of like his family. And um, I think putting them all out of work would like hurt him. And since the dad's death was so unexpected that I think he imagine that he was gonna move on and he was gonna live his life with Nicola and then the dad was just gonna take care of everything but then suddenly you know life happens and so your plans get you know interrupted or whatever but um yeah so I I agree with you big time I agree with you I but I do think that she could have probably been written out of the film yeah I think in a story like this keep it simple because the story between him and lauren was really sweet because right away they had much more honest communication yeah that we saw at least uh we don't see much of him and nicola's relationship you know but him and lauren like she was pretty sassy to him when he fired her yeah. and she told him you know like basically like you're being a coward you've got to upgrade you've got to change the product if you want this to work you can't keep doing the same thing and expecting it to be successful because it's not the same time as when your dad started it you know right. and 
and she was just not afraid to like call out his bullshit and and then he brought her with him to london to see the drag show and told her about the idea and she helped him and and it just it was a really nice like growing love story and i thought that that was really sweet and it was just the waters were muddied by the fact that he still had nicola but we never got to see like in the middle of the movie for a second i i kind of forgot that nicola existed and i was like is is nicola you know and so i think she's a superfluous part of the movie that because the relationship ended so there was really no no reason for her to be in it because everything that happened would have still happened if she wasn't right yeah and he could even toy with the idea of selling the factory for hip apartments and just have, you know, somebody else present the idea to him, not her or something. But yeah, I really liked him and Lauren and and I really liked when he made the first pair of boots, when he held up the, the pair of boots that he made and he, and he looked at them, I said in my head, I don't think Lola's going to like those boots. <laughs> and I was so, it was so funny when Lola picked them up and goes, Burgundy. <laughs> She's, I, I love, yeah, that whole, like, first of all, you, like, she clearly tells him what she wants. She wants a heel. And he takes it as, like, what are, the, what are those called? Like wedge heels or whatever? I don't even Something know what they're like called. That. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, and so it's like this ugly, like bulky heel with this like burgundy color. And she is like just so offended. Like this is what you imagine when you imagine making a shoe for me? Excuse me. Have you seen me? I'm fabulous, you know? And oh man, that I love that scene where like everyone in the factory can hear her yelling about the color red like red red is the color of stop signs what is it i i love do not enter signs that say do not enter (laughs) i always like that scene i was always like oh my god yeah i like when he's like uh red is the color of sex and then later he says about the shoes he's like you're not making a pair of shoes you're making two feet of sex or something yeah, like yeah. that and i tubular sex or something like that and i thought that was pretty creative and i, I liked that a lot and i i lola is a great character but wait i have to say so charlie's like but they're comfortable and, he, and lola goes lola goes sex should not be comfortable and i love that one woman who's like oh or what did she say like that's what i've been doing wrong this whole time or something or she says something like some funny like quip and everyone starts laughing yeah everyone in the factory is laughing yeah Yeah. i like she was very that that character i'm not sure what her name was i think it was melanie was very like sassy like you could see like the scenes where they were handing yeah melanie that's her character's name like they were like handing her like the fabric and she would just kind of get this look like mm, okay if that's what you want <laughs> like, you know what i mean like she's like yeah um, i liked when she was like all right ladies i'm going in when she was about to sew the first pair yeah she's pretty great i liked melanie a lot uh but what were you saying about lola I just really I thought Lola was she's just such a great character yes and I really liked 
when he told her about the boots and and Lola was like, okay, well, I'll come up and get, I'll come up and see them and get a pair from your factory. And Charlie's like, no, no, I'm always in London. I'll just bring them to you. And Lola was like, but a good pair of boots is worth walking for. And Charlie's like, no, don't worry about it. And Charlie's trying to leave. But then Lola shows up at the factory and Lola was like, I just, I really, really like this scene. Probably my favorite scene in the movie because charlie's like walking her through all the back parts of the of the factory and lola's just like very casual nonplussed casual just saying like you know when i'm told i shouldn't do something i'm usually going to do the opposite and i can <laughs> right. tell when i'm being snuck in through the back door and then charlie like stops around a corner and there's like these factory guys playing poker and lola sees what charlie's doing and and she just walks out and you know and i just really <laughs> like her confidence and i really really like that part of the movie because i understand why charlie is like nervous in that scene because it's brand new to him but what started bothering me was that like this is how you're planning on making your money so everyone in town is gonna know right you are a, a like in my head i think is he uncomfortable because people might think he's gay because he's a heterosexual man in a relationship who cares what people think right you know, who cares if they think you're gay you know you're not gay or who cares if you are gay like i'm just saying Right. I didn't understand as the movie kept going why he just kept being ashamed and that really bothered me that and and I think it works a little bit because it's supposed to bother you a little bit but it was too much almost and and so that uh I, it was so mean like he when he confronted Lola at the restaurant because yeah. Charlie was mad about Nicola not Lola and then he like insulted Lola and there wasn't enough movie left to make me feel like I think they kind of made up at the end they did but at the same time there wasn't enough movie left for how heavy that the the horrible things he said to Lola yeah he should have said that in the middle of the movie and we should have seen them work through it because as it stood all the mean things he said to Lola were just like forgiven by a voice message you know and I didn't like that yeah, I actually, I had, I had a couple issues with the ending that I think we'll get to, um, that I felt were like too, like, m like movie perfect. You know what I mean? Uh, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know exactly what I'm talking about with it being like, it's movie magic, you know? Yeah. Um, and some movies, I don't mind that if they're like cheesy from the beginning then you're like okay well yeah of course it's gonna end up that way but this one didn't feel like that and it's also based after a true story too so it's not like or it's inspired by a true story because there is a place called kinky boots factory in northampton or northampton like it's called something else like north it's like northamptonville or northampton whatever anyway it's in england either way and um but we can get to that later. But I, Lola's just so unapologetically herself, you know? And the only reason that she starts toning it down is because there's all these people who are, like, afraid of her. And, you know, like, or they're afraid of what they don't understand and all these men in the factory. And it doesn't seem like the women really care, but, like, the men all are, like, I don't know, threatened by her, like, the fact that 
she dresses up like a woman, you know, especially Don. Don is very like Don is a type of guy who for some reason is emasculated when there is a, a person in his presence who does not dress up in like the traditional masculine way. And Don's got a lot of issues with that. Like there is, and I, I had like, you know, like he like hits on her in the beginning and he doesn't realize that she's like biologically a man or she's a drag queen, you know? And so um, when he finds out, it's like suddenly this huge, like shameful thing. And I think it's kind, it kind of, it, it, like ties in with in the beginning scene where you first see her where she's like escaping those three dudes where it's almost that same mentality where they go to an extreme where they're trying to harass her or assault her or whatever but don is still not that much better you know i mean he's still aggressive and weird about it and and not very like welcoming to this person and i don't i mean i I wasn't surprised that they were going to do that. Maybe I'm not really like, I've never been to Northampton, but I'm going to make an assumption that it's probably more conservative than like a more conservative part of England. Um, so it would, it would make sense that he is like that, but he just kind of makes it his mission to make her miserable. And so she has to start dialing it down and starts wearing like more like traditional masculine clothing but it's still, you know, working a little bit of eye makeup and like the lipstick and stuff like that. And I like that, you know, that she was doing that. But, um, you know, and then we, we, there's like that scene where she's like, why don't you write all the things down that make you a man or, or whatever. And I'll write all the things down that make me, a, or, you know what I mean? Like, or make someone a man or whatever. And he writes down winning a arm wrestling contest you know? And so she goes and arm wrestles him and it's like legit about to win. And I was like, yes, queen, when, when you show that motherfucker, like, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, fuck this guy. I want like, fuck this guy, like show him that you are awesome. And then she let him win. But so I was kind of disappointed. And I had seen this movie before, but like years and years ago, so I didn't really remember. But um, when she came up to him later and she gave him the sheet of paper and she said, uh, the thing that will make you a man is changing your mind about someone. And I thought that that was like, it, it was, it like, like me, like it made me feel like something in my heart. You know what I mean? Like I was like, oh, my feels, <laughs> you know, I was like, oh no. Um, yeah. And I, and I liked that, you know, I thought that that was really sweet and she like didn't she didn't want to humiliate him which i admire because if i was in her shoes i'd kind of be like <laughs> let's play big boy let's play <laughs> you know what i mean i'd be like you have no idea who you're fucking with so um but you know she obviously her experience in in a you know growing up as a man who wants to dress in women's clothing that i think that maybe her experiences led her to being more like empathetic towards people like that because it's something that she has she's met with the stigma of you know not not following like proper or not proper but like you know traditional gender roles 
and has had the stigma of dealing with men like that her whole life. So I really like that that ended up being what happened because I thought it was very sweet, you know? Yeah, I think also in a, like if this movie was like a very serious movie, I almost expected Don to end up being gay, but had just been like pushing it way, way down for a long time because he was so mean yeah. You know, like he, he singled her out and teased her. And I think that also Lola could see his, like, if I'm homophobic or racist, like if there's a homosexual person that I'm being mean to st- strictly because they're homosexual and I'm being cruel to, like, that's not something that they did wrong that's a me that's a me issue you know like oh yeah it's a don issue like i think lola has been around the block enough to know when it's a lola problem and when it's a don problem and don's was very much his problem like whatever was happening was happening within don and he was taking it out on lola and i think she understood that because you know if you're if if you're living a life that like you said is is going outside of traditional gender roles you've encountered so many dons in your life that it's just like here's another don and and so i thought you're right she was very gracious way more gracious than she needed to be um yeah and and i think i'm glad that they didn't make don like try to kiss her or something because i expected that to happen i actually expected it don to like make a move like a real move later in the movie and i'm glad that they didn't do that just because you got to see him grow so much more than learning like oh okay so he's just like repressing himself you know i mean like i just i think i like it better that it it didn't like single out to him being secretly gay but it was more just like he's closed-minded and he has problems with things that makes him make him uncomfortable but he's learning to not be so close-minded and to be accepting of people that are different than him, you know, and whether or not he has, whether or not he is gay, that's, that never comes up. That's never discussed. And I think either way, um, he's just learning to be more accepting. And I thought that that was a a stronger storyline than just being like, Oh, the reason he's uncomfortable is because he's attracted to her, you know, but doesn't want to admit it. And and I liked his character's growth. And he's played by Nick Frost. And I love Nick Frost. So, um, yeah, I really, I yeah. really liked their storyline. I liked his growth. And I liked how patient Lola was with him. Patient but firm. Me like, too. She didn't, she didn't let him get away with things. But she also didn't humiliate mm-hmm. him. Even though, like you said, she totally could have. Because he humiliated her multiple times, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that part of it is the culture that he grew up in likely. Mm -hmm. And it's the same with, with Lola is that she grew up in a culture where, um, you know, like her father put her into boxing because he wanted her to be like a big, strong dude, but she wanted to go the opposite and, and not and disregard those again, traditional, you know, gender roles. And wanted to, you know, wear dresses and and look, you know, beautiful and stuff like that. So, um, 
not not that I'm saying that it's okay because at some point you have to go, oh, I have my own thoughts and feelings and ideas and can think for myself and I have a brain and 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 shit like that. Um, because I think when people go, oh, well, it was just my upbringing. Okay, well, you're 20 years old. And at this point, maybe you should stop blaming your upbringing and realize that you have a brain in that skull and you should fucking use it. Because it's like, because it's like using that excuse is just a way to continue to go, oh, well, it's fine that I'm sexist. It's fine that I'm homophobic. It's fine that I'm whatever, because it was just the way that I was raised. Eh, no, that, that excuse doesn't fly anymore you know and I'm saying that he does that but I'm saying that um I I think again if you're you're in like likely a, a more conservative part of England and it's just the it's the environment that you grow up in and I doubt that he's ever seen a drag queen in his life you know mm-hmm. um so it's but I I agree with you I really like he had a, a, a paradigm shift and he was definitely more like accepting little kinder and I think that that was important because I've seen that whole like storyline where they're like I'm actually secretly gay and I'm like okay but it's like never done right and it always feels like it's like a lazy attempt to be like well that's why he's been such a dick this whole time and I'm like "Mm, I don't care if he's gay he's still a dick (laughs) yeah like it doesn't make a difference like your sexuality does not stop you from being an asshole like you can still be a fucking asshole and be gay like guess what you know what I mean it's like (laughs) you know so um it's it's not some sort of like you come out of the closet and all of a sudden you get your fucking halo no that's not how things work you still have to you know pay for the the crimes you committed or being unkind to people or being cruel or being bully and and you have to realize that you know you have to change again your paradigm you have to look at the world through different eyes because the eyes that you are looking through it currently are not working yeah and also i think it's a really easy storyline to be like he's angry because he's secretly gay and that's why he's so mean but there's a lot of people who are mean to uh homosexual transgender people who are not gay they just are not accepting so i think it's a it's a stronger storyline to be like see this guy is just not accepting and he's cruel it's not because he's harboring secret gay thoughts and he's angry with himself it's just like you know the majority of the people i think statistically the majority of the people on the planet are heterosexual just just numbers wise so i think that that story reaches a wider audience of people who need to learn to be more accepting does that make sense then having it be like no somebody yeah yeah, because somebody who's like cruel to gay people would be like well i'm not gay so it's okay for me to be cruel i mean maybe it wouldn't be reduced to that common of a denominator but it's like you can't connect the like the general population wouldn't be able to connect that character at the the moment that he like you discover that he's gay and that's why he's been angry so i think it connects to a wider audience and can be a better teaching character if it is just like see it's not because he's secretly gay it's because he's intolerant does that does that make sense is am i saying it yeah no that yeah that makes sense i'm just thinking about like 
I was thinking about American Beauty actually, and we're gonna do we are planning on doing that somewhere down the line. But um, there is that storyline where it's a guy who's very angry and he's very homophobic and he ends up being gay. But I thought that that was done really well. It wasn't. Do you have you you seen that movie? Yeah, right? and I agree with you because I think I think I. I I agree with you that it's done well in that movie. And I don't think 100% of the time it's done badly, obviously. I just think in this right. movie, for the depths and the lengths that they went to in this movie, it would not have been good. But yes, I think it's done well yeah. in American Beauty. I agree. Well, and I also think that there's a potential that it could have came across as being comical when it really shouldn't have. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Don's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm gay. And it's like like funny, but it's like... but coming out of the closet and acknowledging your sexuality is scary you know what i mean it's if you are not seen as like a a cisgender heterosexual person coming out of the closet and saying you know what i'm not necessarily super into the opposite sex i'm actually really into the same sex or i'm whatever you know um and i think within the parameters of kinky boots is that because it is a light-hearted comedy that something like that with Don coming out would have just been played off as, as funny as comical and, and not something that's serious and or or emotional you know because it it is like it's a big deal you know yeah and I agree I totally agree with you and in the movie the movie is about a drag queen who comes to a very conservative small town and Don is basically like the representative of the town and their small-minded ideals for the audience to connect with because probably especially at that time most people watching that movie may not have had you know like people just in a local theater may not have had interaction with a drag queen either so Don in this movie sort of represents all of us who maybe I'm just saying all of us maybe not not me and you specifically but all of us no, maybe not, I get you. I get you. <laughs> we haven't had interactions with drag you queens. Like a general, right? No, I get. Sorry, go on. <laughs> yeah, no. Like most of us in 2005 or whenever have not had close interactions with drag queens, and so Don mm-hmm. sort of represents not maybe not the ugliest parts of us because not everybody is cruel. Like I, you know, like I would, I wouldn't treat somebody the way he treated her, but he does sort of represent our trepidation at the unknown and they obviously movieify it and make him much more mean. But like I said, it's a much better learning experience for everybody. If it's like, Oh, this is how just people treat other people. And that's not right. And not like, Oh, well, of course he's a, he's, you know, he's gay this whole time. And then he ceases to be a representative of the general population and he just becomes a representative of a subgroup of the population who are secretly gay and angry does that <laughs> right yeah I no feel I like... totally get me. no you're good you're good you're okay. making sense you're making sense um believe it or not i can pick up on things so <laughs> but american beauty was not about this storyline so it worked so right. well in american beauty because that wasn't the message of the movie it was just no. a ca- like yeah. a character revelation and you know well and it was also needed as a vehicle to get to the lead character being murdered which is not 
a spoiler because it happens within the first two minutes. So right. just FYI, like, um, not that this is a spoiler-free podcast, <laughs> you know, that, whatever. <laughs> yeah, no. So I, I think that they're, they're just like, the message of the movie is that both movies are so different. And that's a good yeah, example of sure. how it can be done well when it is done that way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, an American Beauty is much more, uh, it's not a comedy at all. It's very, it's much more of a serious film, but we'll, you know, we'll discuss that later when we, um, we review it at some point, whenever it comes around, we have a huge list, which we just recently actually cut down quite a bit. Um, uh, quite a few things did not make the, did not make the, uh, the cut, but the final cut. it was kind of, yeah, it was kind of nice to do that. It was like shedding, like you're like a, like snake shedding their skin. It was like, oh yeah, I can finally stretch out in this new skin. Yeah. Even though we pared the list down from like 80 to like 72, it still feels lighter <laughs> and more manageable. <laughs> it does. I know. I mean, I don't know if 80 is the right amount, but it's quite a few. We were, we were doing the math as to, um, how like how many we had and we had about a year and a half worth of movies so yeah so we're gonna now be busy. it's about maybe a third of a year or just a year <laughs> so, yeah oh uh, yeah I have anyway a, I have a question for you about the movie and this is something that I'm very very curious about is okay. did Lola fall in love with Charlie I don't think so no no well, I, that's interesting that you even thought Cause, that because I never even. Well, Lauren had a thing for Charlie, and but when they were standing and celebrating and looking up, and Charlie was looking down from the office at them, and they were looking up, and Lola says like something like that man has has really done a number on all the late on or that man really does a number on the ladies or something like that, implying that Charlie has affected Lola, and obviously has affected Lauren, and then. On the the runway, after the show, Lola looks over and sees Charlie and Lauren kissing. Because, like, Lola knows the whole time that they'll never be together. Right. But she can't help but hoping. And then she sees him kissing Lauren. And I thought, like, she seemed sort of sad, but happy sad, you know? But maybe I misinterpreted the look. No, I never got that impression at all. Um, I thought that... First of all, I love the way that he was dancing with Lauren. It was very like intimate. And I was like, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> um, we, do we ever really find out what Lola's sexuality is? Is she attracted to men? We don't. I, but okay, the yeah, only I thing I assumed she was attracted to men because I thought she was in, cause like when she got to the restaurant she was like charlie 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 and she was so excited to see charlie and she was all dressed up and i don't know i i it i feels to me like she has a little thing for charlie and so that's i'm surprised that you didn't pick up on that so that makes me wonder what i was picking up on you know yeah i no i don't see that at all i when she was dancing when lola was dancing with lauren um by the way amazing name <laughs> Very good one. Um, very, very good. Now the entire movie, I was like, Lauren is so cute. <laughs> She's just this cute little pixie. She's got a little pixie haircut. Um, so I just thought it was more like, like, hey, Lauren, um, 
I see the way that you look at Charlie and, you know, we've all noticed the way he looks at you. So, <laughs> you know, that's kind of, and I think as far as the, like, I didn't really know, I didn't really catch a look on, on the runway, but my guess is that it's less likely because, it's less likely that it's about Charlie and more likely that it's about probably Lola's own struggles in her love life. Cause I would imagine it's very hard to date as a drag queen, you know, either you're going to be dating the same people that you're working with, or you're going to be finding creepy dudes on Craigslist or whatever England version of that. You know, I would just imagine that it's very hard to find love as a drag queen so um that's that's my thing but no i never i never got the impression that she was into charlie at all i always thought that it was like i think she really likes him i think she really likes spending time with him i think she enjoys his company but i don't think it was beyond that you know and i think that lola's just such a vibrant and bright person that um you know she sees charlie as a friend and now because she's been dressing up in traditionally masculine clothing at the back of the factory, now she's able to be herself around him because he knows her as the way that she feels about herself. You know what I mean? Um, so I think it was maybe like, I'm free, I'm back in my, my skirts, my dresses, and I can wear my, my wigs, you know? So like, she's feeling more like herself, you know? That's that's my theory, but no, I, I never I never got that impression ever. Mm. I think it's a potato potato situation because I think she had an unrequited crush, which in I think she had the most heartbreaking kind of crush. It's when you have a crush on somebody that you know will never be with you. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that that aspect of the movie was so sad and beautiful and and just really a good little tiny little tidbit and i i think i'm just gonna watch it that way i i you know i think we i think there's room for both of our interpretations honestly so too yeah i think so too um because i also think oh i mean i could i can see where you're coming from with that but i personally i've just never felt it you know Mm mm-hmm even, even like, like I would never, I would have never even thought of that, to be honest with you. So it's interesting that you said that because it's something that I was like, oh, now I have to think about this. And it's something that I just, I really like didn't even like put two and two together. So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I just, I think like, here's Charlie, this like very sort of almost like a bumbling sort of boring not boring but kind of like a bumbling english guy who doesn't wear super exciting clothes and uh there's this funny moment where his dad at the beginning tells him like you can know all you need to know about somebody by looking at their shoes and here's charlie who wears like white trainers that are just like very nondescript nothing special about them and and um and charlie who's just this like stodgy british man and he notices Lola and he takes an interest in Lola. So insofar as to help Lola by getting her shoes that will like bear her weight. 
Right. And they're like a perfect odd couple pairing because Lola is so vivacious and full of life. But here's this traditional English man who notices her and takes an interest in her. And I just, I thought that was a really sweet storyline. And you could almost like couldn't help but falling in love with this almost kind of boring English guy, even though you're a very exciting and sexy, vivacious drag queen. Right. And I like that aspect of it, but I like that it's like Lola knows that it's it's only ever going to be in her head because of, you know, they're, Charlie's not attracted to men or drag queens. So that's what I like about it is, is you know, like for all the men in the world for, for Lola to have a crush on, it's like almost wrong for it to be Charlie, but that's why I thought it was Charlie, you know? Right, so that's, right. Anyway, I'm just digging further into my theory, no, but I, I think mean, there's room for both. I think there's room no, for both. No, I think so too. And if, you know what, if you want to enjoy the movie in that way, even if you're, you know, wrong, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really like I really like the scene where so Charlie saves Lola from the thugs Mm -hmm. and then Lola can't get her shoe on and so Charlie pulls out his like shoe kit and he gives her a shoehorn I thought that was so cute because he's so nerdy he's like oh here I was like what the fuck is this little shoe nerd doing and he's she's just like here you go and she's like oh okay (laughs) and she kind of looks like well, and you, like, and seeing that from her perspective, I would think for, like, a split second, she'd, be, she'd maybe be like, is this a murder kit? Are you? <laughs> wait, what is happening here? And then he, like, hold like, a shoehorn, and she's like, oh, okay, that was unexpected, but delightful. I would rather, get, you know, receive a shoehorn than, I don't know, a couple stabbings or whatever, <laughs> you know? So, um, it was... It's, but I also think like, I think that just in that scene alone with the shoehorn is that like, you just see that Charlie's destined to take over the shoe business, you know, because he's carrying this stuff around with him. And if he really wasn't into shoes, then I feel like he wouldn't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I really liked the shots of them making the shoes. I thought that was fascinating. And they had that little like shoe inflator machine that would like yeah, pump every air. time they used that, I was like, what am me I too. watching? Yeah, me too. I really liked it. And I liked just the craft, just showing the craft. I thought was really neat. And I really like how the old man thought of the idea to put steel in the yes. stiletto part to keep so it will hold the weight of, of a man and I thought that that George. was yeah I like how yeah. George just like got on board no questions asked you know he just liked the craft of making shoes and I I, I thought that was really fun uh, I like that too I like the part where um, where Charlie has to show off the shoe in Milan and, and George turns to Lauren and he goes does he look sexy and Lauren's like he does to me. <laughs> so cute. I thought the entire the entire movie, I thought she was the cutest fucking thing. Like she just like like just everything about her. Like she just had this cute little face and like these like glowing cheeks. And I was like, I was like, oh my God, she's so cute. <laughs> so, um because like Nicola is cute too, don't get me wrong, but she's got like a like I think it was partly her haircut made her very look very like um 
like strict isn't the right word, but like you kind of, you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, she looked like a German fashion designer. (laughs) (laughs) She was very German looking. (laughs) I want to talk about something I didn't like in the movie that really bothered me. And I did not think was funny at all in the slightest Okay. No bit of it. Wish it hadn't been in the movie. And that was um, Charlie not being able to walk in high heels. Oh my God, me too. I really, 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 really liked that he was going to save the day and put the heels on and walk down that catwalk with them. And as somebody who has worn high heels in my life, but not that often, I can honestly say that it's not that hard to get the hang of walking in heels. And he acted like he was on roller skates and it was so annoying. Like just take it slow and you'll be fine. But he was and he was like doing weird balancing things. Like he almost fell, but didn't. And I hated that because what they turned, they turned what was a really courageous scene into something so ridiculous. And I would have just rather him, walk out slowly not look that sexy and then maybe he slips and falls so that he can lay there when lola surprises him and comes out but i just didn't like how how bad he was at it because that's totally unrealistic like it's 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 just a pair of shoes it's not right you know you're not walking on ice right it's like a newborn foal like you don't have an excuse you've been walking on your legs for 30 years what do you do yeah I mean I can't really walk with heels but I like I wouldn't be like walking around breaking my ankles left and right either you know what I mean like it's and I what I really wanted was I wanted him to be like sexy and confident in those heels I wanted him to walk out look like he owned the damn walk or uh, uh catwalk and then Lola comes out. So it's like almost this like, oh, hey, look at you in those heels, you know, like and, and type thing. But instead, you're just watching this and you're like, okay, like you, you didn't try and practice beforehand because you knew how bad you fucked up. Well, you're just going to, you know, like it, he didn't even start falling until he got to the catwalk. He had to walk oh, yeah, from where he right. was until the catwalk wearing the shoes. And for some reason, he could do that just fine. And so, yeah. It was it was very very weird. Yeah, and he knocked himself out, which most usually means if if you knock yourself out, you have a concussion, so you should <laughs> go to the hospital because brain damage is like real serious. You know, <laughs> like that's not something to fuck around with. And I didn't I didn't like that they had him like pass out. And I feel like I'm just going to say that I've noticed that as a trend in films where they have someone get knocked out and then it's like, it's nothing. And I hate that. Like that, like that is a serious thing. If you get a concussion, that's like, you could end up dying from it if it's bad enough. You know what I mean? And someone who's only out for like a couple seconds or a couple minutes is likely to not have that bad of one, but regardless, it's still a brain injury, you know? And I, and it's just so casually done in films and I've noticed it in a bunch of films that I, I just like, I'm like, like, it's like, it's like 
people wearing inappropriate clothing in snow. <laughs> it just drives me crazy. It's like, it's like you've clearly never been around snow. You who lives in LA your entire life. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, I was listening and I think I told you about this, but I was listening to my favorite murder and there is, and I was like, like bless her little soul. Cause she's so cute about it. But Georgia was saying, um, was talking about, you know, like a murder, obviously. And she was like talking about how these kids were in Indiana. And she's like, it was 40 degrees outside and they didn't bring their jackets. She's like, you just don't bring your jackets in 40 degree weather. And I was like, you've obviously never lived in the Midwest because after a cold ass winter of like, like below freezing temperatures, 40 is like gorgeous. <laughs> it's like fucking nice. Like you're like, oh my God, I can just wear a hoodie. This is great. I'm so warm right now. And, um, and I, I thought it was really cute, but I was like, oh, sweetie, no, <laughs> that's not how that works. You know? Yeah, that is pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Somebody was- who hasn't been around a very very cold winter very often right because they live in LA so like you know they're used to like 90 degree warm weather but no um anyway um, yeah the casualness of getting knocked out in movies and then just like waking up and being able to uh cognitively function the same way is a little ridiculous it's ridiculous but it's also like most like it can be done in a way that that doesn't have to be written into the story so why do it you know what mm-hmm. i mean um unless it's so important to the story that the person has like brain issues later or memory issues or whatever then sure great that's like if it makes sense do it but if it doesn't like it's like again having a super graphic you know unreasonable amount of thrusting in a sex scene and i'm like i don't really need to see harry potter knock off having sex with this <laughs> first of all the girl in come True. i thought you were gonna i thought you were saying i don't need to see harry potter knock off this woman because i thought you were gonna use knock off as a euphemism for sex and so <laughs> but it took me a minute to realize you were saying he was a harry potter knockoff <laughs> Knock off. What is it? That's not even a thing. Um, well, nothing is a thing until you make it a thing. So that could be a new thing. Like, it's like when you get mad at me because I say English is a made up language. Her face was just like, Ugh. So I thought you were like using knockoff for sex. And that was really amusing to me because I was like, here's something I've never heard before. No. Um, but But um, yeah, no, I, uh, I think that having him just fall down and maybe lay there and like out of embarrassment, close his eyes or something would have been sufficient. Yes, I agree. Uh, but I also, I kind of liked the fact that he didn't walk well in the shoes. I, I just hated that he walked so badly. Like, yeah. I didn't expect him to be sexy in the conventional way where he's like strutting and can walk perfectly in them. But I did expect him to be able to walk slowly and gingerly down to the end and pose. And then it would have been like a personal triumph that he like not only walked in them, but he went out in his underwear and went out in women's shoes or what looks like yeah. women's shoes but then instead they just made it just became this ridiculous thing where he was like 
like couldn't keep his balance in the slightest and yeah. um so that i thought was too like over the top on ice yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but um, i th- i do want to talk about the part in the restaurant and the ending um okay and i thought so so charlie sees so Charlie's in the bathroom and he's in the same bathroom at the restaurant waiting for Lola and he he sees the real estate agent that him and Nicola talk to and and then he leaves the bathroom and there's like this whole stir because the real estate wait wait, 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 wait. First of all, before we before we go um beyond the bathroom, I do actually want to talk about that because I started I was thinking about that scene for like days because the um the real estate agent sees him, uh, puts two and two together, and like pees and like rushes out of there faster than I've seen anyone. Meaning that he was trying to get Nicola out of there, which makes me think that that they were having an affair or something or whatever. Um, because he didn't even like he went to the bathroom, didn't wash his hands, and just like ran out of there. He's like, "Oh, hey, it's nice to see you. Gotta go," you know. And I was like, "Oh my god!" I was like, mm, "Something is rotten in the state of Denmark, and it is his piss poor attitude." <laughs> That's from a a thing. <laughs> so I didn't make that up. It's it's from a. Um, I used to watch this. Oh, it was um this YouTube series called what was it like your your gay best friend or whatever and this like guy would go to like these different like heroines from oh yeah um, plays i probably showed you one and there was like one about othello and the woman kept like she was like othello says that blah blah blah. and he's like okay first of all stop calling him othello it sounds pretentious And he's like, there's something rotten in the state of Denmark and it's Othello's. Or is it Othello? Is it Othello or that's in Denmark or is it? I think whatever. Hamlet. I always confuse them. It is it Hamlet or whatever. He's like, and don't quote me on it. Poor attitude. Don't quote me on I it. it. I don't know either. But if you're ever looking for a little pick me up, gay best friend is it's pretty funny. And then it kind of got like really like mainstream and started selling Mio. You know, like the drink thing. So it was still funny, but I was like, but you're selling stuff. So it's like not as funny. You know what I mean? Because it's not as genuine. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, God anyway. forbid he put food on the table. I know. Right. Like, what do you think this is? <laughs> Corporate America. <laughs> so he leaves the bathroom and there's like a big stir and all the weights, the wait staff is like crowding around the windows and then Charlie sees Nicola's shoe like stuck in the cobblestones. So he puts two and two together that yeah. the real estate agent was there with Nicola and they saw him and they left in a hurry. And so Charlie's like heartbroken. Wait, did, he, did Charlie even know that she had bought those shoes? I don't know. We, if he we did. see her buy them. We see her buy them, but I don't, I mean, obviously this is something that she focused on through the movie. So it's not like a surprise or like, you know, it's Chekhov's gun, but Chekhov's shoes. Um, but I, I was just wondering if he had ever like, I mean, I like, it, it's pretty obvious that it's her shoes just because of like who he ran into and how the guy reacted. But you really don't ever see him buy or see her buy the, or, or like, I don't think you know that, like, he knows that she bought the shoes. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, I think he just assumes, like, yeah, because I agree. You don't ever see. In the beginning, you see them together, and she, like, is fawning over the shoes, and he tells her, you know, like, maybe we can't afford these. But, yeah, once she actually buys them, we don't ever see any indication that he knows she's bought them. But I think he can safely put it together just based on what has happened. And he's sort of heartbroken and mad. And then Lola shows up at the restaurant in full drag. She's very excited. She's very happy because the next day is the fashion show and they're having one last little celebratory dinner. And, and Charlie says some such like Charlie first acts embarrassed about her in the restaurant. He's like, you keep it down. People are staring. And then Charlie says like really mean things to her. And he says like, doesn't he say like, you're not half a man or something like that or he basically says like you need to pick a lane you don't know what you are you're either a woman or you're a man or you're sometimes dressing up as both and he was like either be a man or don't be one but it was it was just so like it was just so clearly like an attack on on lola that it was like why would you say that like this is like lola's your ally you know, Lola is the one that's going to help you restart your business. It's like, don't, you don't bite the hand that feeds you. You know, I wish my cat knew that. <laughs> <laughs> the look, she looked over at the cat. That was because pretty good. It's like twice, like he's, he's usually like the chillest cat in the world. But the other night we were like, you know, he's snuggling up with me and, and um, I'm petting him. And, and all of a sudden he's just like right into, my, like right into my arm, his little teeth's right into my arm. And he's like nibbling away. I mean, he never breaks the skin. He knows it's playful. But I was like, what is up with the violence? Why are you doing this to me? And so he's, he's done it twice in a row. And so then I looked over at him and he's looking at me like, I didn't do anything wrong. I'm totally innocent. And I'm like, mm, no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> I so just think, know. I think the, the horrible things he said happened too late in the movie, which I said earlier in the podcast, but I, it was, it was like uneven. There wasn't enough time yeah. for them to, to salvage their friendship and their, like do the deep bond that they had created because he insulted Lola on like a very personal and cruel level and they could have had that scene happen way differently and still had the same result. But I can't, I was so angry that he didn't say at the end, like at the end of that scene, when he was like insulting Lola, I wish he would have been like, Lola, I'm sorry. I know that Nicola is cheating on me and I'm taking out my feelings by saying these things to you. He never said that so they part ways the next day at the show lola doesn't show up and you see him calling lola and you don't find out later until lola finally shows up and she plays the the message for him and the message isn't i mean the message is a nice message but it's not like a good apology you know it's more like i don't even think he actually apologized in the message i think yeah and i was like I don't like when did this movie become about Lola having to figure out who she is because this whole time you're the one who's been ashamed of her and embarrassed about her right so I didn't really like that the movie turned all of a sudden turned into this like identity trip that Lola had to take because Lola seemed pretty 
confident in herself. The only yes. thing is she toned it down because of the factory, but I didn't really like that all of a sudden it was Lola that had to learn this lesson. Like Charlie was pretty nasty to her and never really apologized. And Lola was like almost apologizing for Charlie being nasty to her. Right. Did you feel that way? I I didn't really feel like she was, I didn't really feel like she was necessarily having like an identity crisis or anything like that. Just because there was no, really, there's no time to explore that really. Like what you said. Um, But I think that her coming, like showing up at last minute at the Milan thing, which I have an issue with, because again, it's very movie magic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Was, it was like, it was very generous of her. And really, if she wanted to cut all ties, I don't think anyone would blame her. What he said was unacceptable. It was rude. It was harsh. It was cruel. And it, it was just like, you know, Charlie, I understand that you're upset because you just found out this horrible thing, but taking it out on the person that's going to help you stay afloat in or your just business, your friend, like, like not yeah, even your friend. I mean, yeah. like just on a basic level, like taking it out on your friend like that. Yeah, like talk, like you know, if if he's upset, talk to her. Go, hey, I just found something out. I think my fiance or whatever she is now is cheating on me and i think lola would be like well let's talk this out and let's figure out what's going on you know but yeah immediately turning on him or immediately charlie immediately turning on lola and insulting her for what she is all about was just like fuck you charlie you don't get to fucking ride in here on your high horse and tell everyone how to live their life like and then Yeah, no. And and then it becomes all of a sudden Lola is the one who's in the wrong. Yeah. And yeah. that I thought was a very weird twist and I didn't like it because the whole movie it's not yeah, about I guess I didn't catch that that she's in the wrong. You I Yeah, guess, it I... becomes well, no, it becomes like oh, this is all Lola's fault because she's not choosing to be a full drag queen. Because she dressed oh, okay, as a man yeah. some of the time. Okay. And so instead of Charlie like owning up and being like, I said some awful things to you, all of a sudden the movie flips on its head and Lola's like, this is why I came because, you know, you sent me this nice message. When really like, it's not Lola that needs to, you know, I'm, I just, I thought that was a really weird, weird little twist. And a lot of time in movies like this and films about like like light-hearted comedy-ish films where they have to have some sort of falling out it makes me very tense and uncomfortable and when the falling out is like very mild I think like oh I can sigh of relief like the falling out is mild like that's one of the reasons I really liked the spy who dumped me was because the friendship between the two women was never in jeopardy. Like all of the things that happened for the climax to happen did not happen by them, their friendship breaking up. They were always rock solid. And I really liked that because it's so tense and there's just never enough time in a movie to rekindle. Like when you say awful things, when characters say awful things to each other, there's never enough time to actually apologize. And like, they're like, that was awful, you know? And in this movie, that was one of the most uncomfortable climaxes 
falling outs that I've ever seen in a movie because it was so mean and it was yeah. so uncalled for because the whole movie was not about Lola needing to pick a lane. The movie was about Charlie needing to man up and not like be embarrassed about her. Yep. And then all of a sudden it became about Lola needing to make these choices. And it's like, leave Lola alone. She's, she right. seems okay with herself. I mean, I know that there is part of the story where she did tone it down, but at the same time, like she's sort of adapting to her surroundings until her surroundings adapt to her. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't think anything of that because she eventually did go back to being a drag queen, you know, in, right, right. in the Northern, in Northern England. So I just, I didn't, I don't know. I felt that they could have done that a lot less cruelly. And um, it really bothered me because it was so uncomfortable. Yeah, it was big time. It was, it was very uncomfortable. Um, I do want to, before we talk about the ending, I do want to talk about um, Nicola finding out that he was going to re, what was it? Refinance their home or whatever. Yeah. And she finds out through Lauren. Um that was like you could tell that that was like the straw that broke the camel's back and honestly i don't blame nicola because that's a huge huge decision to make without confirming with your significant other yeah if that's okay yeah you know and she already doesn't like the shoe business she wants to leave northampton she wants to go to england or she wants to go to london um and he's like doing this and then she finds out through a third party and she's like what the hell and and i and not I, only I really, a third party but she finds out through a woman that has really good chemistry with her fiance which is yeah like doubly almost kind of insulting like yeah like oh here's this woman who is probably spending more time with my fiance than i am and she knows these intimate details of our financial situation before me like that's yeah yeah it would be it would be very um that would make me i mean if i wasn't already questioning whether or not i wanted to continue this relationship that would probably be the final nail in the coffin where i'd be like i you obviously i'm not part of this so i'm gonna leave and you can do your own thing and i'll just do my own thing because this is like it's it's just so clearly like he doesn't care enough about what she thinks about the situation before he makes a huge decision like that, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. and you know, he's going to put himself back into debt and for thousands of dollars. And that's a huge, that's a huge deal. And it's like, if this was his own place where it was just him, then fine. That's fine. That's it's fine to make your own financial decisions if you're on your own, but doing that, not cool. That's not right. okay. Yeah. And, and like, um, you know, and, and then Lola, she puts, she like puts it on, like everyone can hear it over the PA system, you know, their um, argument. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's just, I mean, which was like meant to kind of encourage everyone to start making, like to start really like putting the pedal to the metal, but, um, it, it was just so. Like I really, I really just felt for Lo for not for Lo. I really just felt for Nicola in that part because I yeah. cannot imagine how 
angry and upset and hurt that I would be that not only does Lauren know this before me, who's fucking sleeping with this guy, like, and, and she knows before I know about this, like, what the fuck? Like, we're about to share our lives together and you just put us back into debt. What is wrong with you? You know? And yeah, I, I, and honestly, like, I don't even consider what she did cheating because to me, that relationship was dead in the water the second that he refinanced without asking her. It was like, she just went, you know what? I'm done then. I'm walking away. And I don't blame her at all. Yeah. She, yeah, she said in the office, she's like, I'm, I, I, I'll support you. I always have your back. So tell me what's going on. And right. I think he had a chance to salvage it in that moment, but he couldn't you know no um he couldn't and i think it was i think it was too far gone at that point you Mm -hmm. know and it happens people you can think that you're going to be with someone and then you just grow apart and life takes a toll on you both and you both realize like hey this isn't what i wanted and that's exactly what happened with those two and i mean it happens but refinancing your home and not telling your significant other or it's not even not telling them it's asking them it's not like you don't make that decision on your own and just go oh by the way i did this you did what you refinanced our home <laughs> like what? well yeah and the whole time he just like he never asked her if she was cool with him taking over the shoe business and living up there no. you know and and so yeah it's like the lack of communication and and disregard for what she might want i think and i i do agree with you i think that you could maybe forgive charlie for a little bit of that because he just lost his father and this whole thing is taking a place over kind of what you're assuming is probably less than six months you know um and that's not a lot of time to grieve especially your father you know especially when it's so sudden and unexpected um but I also think that it doesn't really give him an excuse to just completely ignore his fiance and ignore what she wants. Mm -hmm. And again, refinance their home, you know, like that's pretty fucked up. Uh, Yeah. So, um, but anyway, you want to talk about the end? Sure. Okay. So the ending again as i've said is very movie magic where he walks out charlie walks out on the runway and he can't walk because he's baby deer and um he falls over and passes out and <laughs> and lola is like just happens to arrive on time thank goodness for yeah. that she's got like her charlie clock and alarm all you know set up and whatever and you know she's uh, with all of her friends and everything which was great but I, as much as I liked the rest of the movie, I was like, um, okay. You know, I, I, it's, it's a little too perfect and it's a little bit too much of a coincidence without someone being like a, um, kind of like catalyst for that to happen. You know what I mean? Like if, if Lauren had been like, we really need you. I know that he fucked up or like called her something and been like, but like do it not just for him. Don't do it for Charlie. Do it for everyone else that worked so hard to do this. You know what I mean? If something like that had happened, um, then sure. 
I could have been like, okay, all right. Um, you know, like it's still maybe a little bit movie magic, but it, I, I can accept it. I can, I'll be fine with it. Yeah. Um, but it really like bugs me when they do that in movies because it it's just too perfect. Everything just works out too well. You know, it's like in the Lizzie McGuire movie, and she sees Isabella Parici, and like you know, it's like, and of course Isabella shows up and is singing, and and it's like, but that's a kids movie, so you're like, well, that's fine because it's a kids movie. You expect that level of cheesiness in this movie. To me, that level of cheesiness is not acceptable. You need to add an additional 10 minutes or something to make it a seamless blend into that scene where it makes sense that that would happen um yeah because there there's like there's a logistical problem with the fact that lola and all the drag queens had to get into costume and had to put the shoes on and the shoes are all on display out in like the little foyer so when did they do all that because right. the last we saw the old man that's out by the shoes watching the TV screen of Charlie on the catwalk and Lola and her gang were not there. So where did they come from and when did they show up in time to be prepared to get on stage? So I agree. Right. It is very movie magic. Like yeah. if they had if they had done something like again, Lauren had found out what had happened. She called her and she was like, Lola, please, you know, come down here. And they arrived like maybe 10 minutes before he was supposed to be on stage. And so George is like, okay, here's all the shit. Get in, get in costume, get in whatever, get in these, these, um, these boots. Um, and then she walks out when she sees Charlie walking out. Like maybe she want, like maybe, like maybe Lola's just acting a little bit too human. And there's part of her that's filled with like a little bit of shot and fried that he's fucking up so badly out there. I could get that, that she's maybe like, <laughs> let's see how you have fun walking in these boots, bitch, you know? But, um, and then comes out there, then yes. But no, I, when it's when it's too coincidental and it works out too well it's like just add an extra couple minutes it doesn't need to be long but it needs to make sense with the Mm -hmm. film yeah especially with how the rest of the film works it's it's not like it doesn't vibe well with the rest of it it doesn't work in well with the rest of it you know Mm -hmm. yeah 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 i agree I also had an issue with Charlie and Lauren kissing on the runway. I don't was, like, yeah, I, I didn't like, I think what would have been perfect is if she helped him up, they maybe embraced, like just hugged or cause they were excited and happy, but it was too like adrenaline spiking of a moment and too exciting of a moment for them to, I think like feasibly have a romantic moment between them because I feel like he would be too like flustered and she would be too and but what I think would have been perfect is is if they just didn't include that they kind of had their own like mini celebration where maybe they like look too long at each other so you're like oh my god <laughs> they like each other you know what I mean because I love that shit but then when you're seeing Lola after and she's saying how she's leaving London for Northampton that if you just saw Lauren sitting on Charlie's lap. That's all you need to show. And then you go, oh, they're together. Perfect. Like, yeah. It, it can be <laughs> subtle, you know? The trope of, like, extra public PDA is really annoying because yeah. everyone at the fashion show went, aw, when they kissed, which also really annoyed me. 
Yeah. It's the same as like, I think I talked about this trope before that really bothers me where like a female character is giving a presentation at work and then she realized that she loves the male character. So she yes. like leaves in the middle of the presentation, which is something so unprofessional and you would never do. You would wait till it was done, you know? Right. It's the same trope as that. And I think it's pretty stupid uh, because it's like just standing in the middle of a thing this this fashion show is not about you it's not about your relationship but you're standing there in front of everyone kissing and i think that that's really weird and i agree with you well and also why would the why in the world would the audience ever be emotionally involved enough to go oh i would yeah. just be like what are those two people doing making out on stage yeah you know, like- the audience at the fashion show has no idea about their history yeah, no, they, they, no they know that could be part of the show, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. which I, I have to say that the way that I did, I did like that the way that Lola and all, like, her, her gang came in, it almost made it seem like what Charlie did was part of the show. Yeah. And I mm-hmm. liked that. I, I was like, because as far as anyone in the audience knows, they have no idea that that wasn't supposed to be part of it. They could have been like, Oh, okay. This is a different way of showing things off. But yeah. um, Yeah. uh, Really like, again, it's too much. The the kiss was too, it was too scripted. Mm -hmm. It felt, it didn't feel authentic. It didn't really feel like organic. It really was like, it was too quick. And you know, I mean, they have kind of moments here and there, and they obviously have chemistry, but I don't think it was necessary because it wasn't their love story, you know? Yeah. It was, like, it it wasn't about them. And if it was about them, sure, but it wasn't about them. So having them kiss all of a sudden is just like, what are we, what are we doing, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so what would you, would you recommend this movie? I would. I think it's very fun very very cute very feel good with a a really good message the performances are really nice and it's just it's a good story i think it's a really good story it's a genius business move like making women's shoes that will hold a man's weight like the first guy to do that with the kinky boots factory uh really struck gold i think and uh so yeah it's just a really fun story i would recommend it for sure would you Yes, I I did forget to say that I loved that there was a little pocket for the um the whip. I yes, that, or the riding, the riding crop. crop. I loved yeah. that. I was like when she like she was like uh, Lola was like rolling it over her thighs and then like was like putting it in there. I was like, oh my goodness! I was like, this is sexual. <laughs> yeah, I would I would recommend it. I think it's very cute. This is the second time I've seen it. I enjoyed it just as much as the first time. Um, if you can look past the obvious mu- movie magic, I don't think it ruins the film. It doesn't It doesn't really take away from it. It's just kind of more annoying than anything else. So, yeah, I would, I would definitely say if you're looking for a feel-good movie and you want to see a gorgeous man in drag, you absolutely should watch this film. <laughs> yeah. So... Anyway, <laughs> you can follow us on Instagram at Watches and Movies. You can follow us on Facebook at Watches and Movies. If you feel so inclined to send us an email, you can send us an email at watchesmovies. No, watchesmovies at gmail.com. That's how email addresses go. And 
if you'd like to check out our website, it's watchersandmovies.weebly.com. We also have another Instagram that's called The Watchers Who Find Things, and I just post like movie memes on there, anything fun. I don't post a lot, but every now and then, just funny stuff. And uh, if you want to listen to us, you can catch us on Spotify and iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Stitcher, and on Google Play. And if you like our stuff, give us five stars on iTunes. If you're just feeling generous, do so. But if you want us to review a movie, give us five stars. Tell us the movie title. You can just write it right in the review, and we will put your suggestion to the top. If not, if you just want to DM us or if you want to send us an email, um, we will do it, but we can't promise it's going to be. We'll, we'll, we'll just put it put it on the pile, you know. It probably won't be like a year and a half, but, you know, just it might be a cause. So, we just won't rush into it. And thanks so much to Mike for our theme music. Yes. You can find him on Twitter at the Mike Show 42. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Mike. And I think that we're done, right? That's it. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>